3: only on PBS.
0: And there will be no encore. Welcome to the latest in our track by track album breakdown series where we sit down with an artist who happens to have a new album out and go through every single song on that record, seeing what kind of conversational points arise along the way. Before we get into our latest guest, um, I just want to note that in the last month or so, we've released episodes of this style with Pillow Queens, Alva Reddy, Denise Chyla and Murley and Patty Hanna, all of which are in the No Encore podcast feed right now for you to check out if you've yet to or if you're coming to the show for the first time. And if you are checking us out for the first time, do stay tuned. We have a new episode every single Friday covering music news, album reviews, interviews and our signature top five topical countdowns. Our latest episode, for example finds myself and my co-host Craig Fitzpatrick battling it out with our dueling top five scary songs. Why? Because it was just Halloween the other day. You know, that's what we do. Now, regular listeners will know that Craig and I haven't seen one another in person since the first week of March at the Choice Prize, of course, and have been doing the show remotely since then, week on week. And it hasn't been without its challenges this year, um, in a year in which we've all been challenged. But this was also a year in which we were determined to recapture our love for what we do, And I hope that we've risen to the circumstances. No Encore is very much a labour of love. We are an independent outfit made up of two music journalists and one sonic architect. Uh, Myself and Craig have been putting forward our opinions, our insights and our humour for the past 10 years or so, since we met in Hot Press magazine back in those days. Seems like a lifetime ago. Um, It is a privilege, all these years on, to have you listen to what we have to say. Um, If you'd like to help us support what we do, you can do that at patreon.com slash noencore. Every week on there we post episode previews and bespoke playlists and your support helps us greatly with keeping the show going, especially in this current remote era as i'm recording this i'm on a dreary bank holiday monday i'm currently looking at the window every other hour as i wait a brand new microphone to arrive although i've just realized that there probably is no post today anyway the point is the microphone i'm looking forward to it it's going to be great and it's made possible by our patrons to whom i'm extremely grateful your support goes a long way so once again it's patreon.com slash no encore if you feel like throwing us the price of a pint I desperately miss a fresh point and know we all do. I haven't done the takeaway thing because it just doesn't feel right. I mean, maybe it's incredible, but I don't know. <laughs> Uh, fresh pints, please. That'd be good, wouldn't it? But listen, I'm digressing like crazy, and this is a track-by-track episode, and as for that series, I did have another couple lined up, but unfortunately, the fresh Level 5 Lockdown put an end to those, just for the time being, hopefully. I'm of the mind that this specific album focus series that we have been doing should play out in person, and so we'll see what the future brings, but for now, Nilo is likely our last entry for the time being, and it's a damn good one to get. I intend to keep this specific series going when and where possible, so we'll see how it progresses over time. It has been a pleasure to do so far. Every interview has been great and I know that sounds like something a politician would say, but I do stand by it. Everybody I've had the chance to talk to for this has been really, really interesting. They've had incredible insights and stories to tell and I think it's a cool way to highlight the work in question. So with that in mind, let's talk about Nilo and his debut album, All The Leaves Are Falling, which landed last Friday. I first met Nilo at a party in 2016. I'd grown accustomed to his voice before this, taking in a podcast that he did with a friend for a while. It was nice to put a face to the voice, and he proved just as warm and welcoming in person. I knew that he was once a fixture of the Irish hardcore scene with his band Frustration, and that we had some mutual friends in common. From our brief interactions, he seemed like a stand-up guy. One day, he messages me to send me some music. Before I got the chance to fully spend time with it, he's getting write-ups on the likes of Nile Nine and Golden Plec and other places too, And it seems like people are really into what he's doing. What he's doing, of course, is quite different from his previous hardcore guys. A wander into a world of jazz-tinged hip-hop powered by the life experiences of a man who, and please excuse the reference to Stereophonics here, had to go there to come back. The there in question being more than just youthful, vital emigration, but relationships, hardships, personal losses and victories, the passing of time, unyielding life experience, all of which needs to happen in order for all the leaves are falling to happen, all of which needs To happen in order for Nilo to progress and develop as the artist that he is doing so at the moment. This episode was recorded in Blackgate Studios alongside our own Sonic architect Adam Shanahan, who produced this album at that very studio. This is about a month ago now. Uh, Ireland and everyone in it firmly in the grip of an uncertain future at the time, and indeed now for sure too. I think Nilo, at least creatively, has some idea of where he's going. This album has been in the bank for a long time, and in many ways, he's actually already moved on. But It's good to have some distance and some perspective, and listen, we're never fully through with the past, are we? The album is All the Leaves Are Falling, the artist is Nilo, the microphone he uses on this episode is the very one that he recorded the album with, and you can thank Adam for that beautiful little detail right there. Now, without any further introduction, let's go through this thing track by track. All The Leaves Are Falling is an album about loss, not just about a loss of life, although that is a theme that is visited throughout this record. Nilo's words here. I wanted to write about leaving, about leaving Ireland, about leaving a relationship, and ultimately about leaving this earth. These are themes which are often looked at in a negative light, but these are things that every single one of us has gone through. Emigration, breakups, and the death of loved ones have all been an integral part of Ireland and of the wider world for generations. All The Leaves Are Falling does not tell a distinct narrative story from one point to another, but rather dips in and out of points in my life where I have dealt with the idea of leaving or with a particular loss. When I was 21, I dropped everything and moved to Canada on my own. I formed relationships and friendships there that I still carry back in Ireland over a decade later. I was just a kid. I also experienced the death of close friends on a few occasions. When we experience loss, a part of us leaves with it. We shed an old part of ourselves, and from that old shell, a newer and stronger person emerges – This is the cyclical nature of life. At the end of the summer, when the barbecues and the festivals are over, the leaves are painted with an orange brown, and they fall off the tree and die. This leads us into winter, the coldest and hardest month of the year. But at the end of every single winter, the buds begin to emerge, the birds begin to sing their song, and the buds return to the trees, loss, death, and rebirth. I was born on the first day of spring. From an early age, I knew that I felt things deeply. I took losses harder than others and carried them with me. I thought about losing people from very young. I didn't have a morbid fascination or anything, but more so a hyper-emotional reaction to everything around me. The music I listened to was always a little sadder or a little angrier. I always carried a little too much emotion into every relationship for better and for worse. All the leaves are falling is my way of channeling as much of my emotions as I can into a piece of music, this is my journey through the seasons of life in the form of 10 tracks. We're going to discuss those 10 tracks one by one. Nilo, you wrote those words. How are you feeling right now hearing them back to you?
2: Uh, a little bit emotional, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The way you delivered that was really nice. If you if you put it like a little bit of post-rock behind that, you might have brought out some tears there for me.
0: We can do that. Can't we, Sonic architect Adam Shanahan, who produced this album?
4: Hi <laughs> hey Dave. Yeah, that can be arranged. That can always be arranged. <laughs> Definitely. Bit of explosions in the sky in the background.
0: <laughs> listen, you're speaking my language. Man. But yeah, listen, we're here to talk about this album. It's a very interesting time, of course. I'm talking to you now roughly about a month before it's gonna come out. And like I say, we're gonna dive into we're, we're gonna go track by track on this one. So but I guess before we do that though, a month removed, you know, I know you've been waiting a while. Like you sent this album to me fucking months ago, so uh, has it been a weird like patience or are you just like it needed to be this time of because I think this is really the right time to release it
2: yeah me too and that was like and that that was why there was no impatience really on my behalf it was like yeah it's coming out in October and that's just what it is and um, we could this was finished like me and Adam finished it I'd say around Christmas time of you know, yeah. 2019 so almost coming up on 10 months ago now Um so yeah we've just been sitting on it since then but we knew that it was coming out on the on, in October so there was no like impatience or anything it was just like let's go you know it's a good time of year to release as well
0: smooth professional men that, <laughs> that's what I've got in front of me right here alright uh, let's dive into the album
2: <laughs> uh, anyway this one night we were walking past the Chinese talking absolute trash like literally talking a waste of speech is what we were talking about. and uh, I think we were passing by the Chinese and I was making conversation and I was like Look at those uh, Tubs of Grease back there They must be using grease for something there in the 20s or something And <laughs> me and Mark just looked at each other and we're like Tubs of Grease? What are we talking about, man? When the fuck are we going to get out of here? <laughs> when are we going to get
0: out of this place and fucking see the world? That's track one It's called The Silla Interlude Not every album begins in this fashion it Begins with an interlude Begins with what I'm guessing is a WhatsApp voice note
5: mm,
2: To him
0: Yeah, it yeah. is Yeah. The yeah. Real deal <laughs> We
2: we wanted to we wanted some stuff to tie the album together in terms of a narrative, like and uh, I just sent him a bunch of WhatsApp voice notes. I think I sent him four, maybe, and he just picked the ones that he liked the best, and that was one of them. So we just had two then to tie the album together. Yeah, yeah,
4: it was nice because um, I got a bit of background on what was essentially a subconscious projection of
2: both those interludes are subconscious things, like they were just like. Neither of those two were in my head when I wrote any of the songs, but obviously they're in my fucking subconscious anyway. You know what I mean? Just floating around. They're experiences that you have in your life, you know? And, like, I didn't want them to be this big thing. You know, this is a story of a time that I got heartbroken or this is a story of a time that, you know, this crazy thing happened where someone died. I wanted it to be anecdotal, abstract, small stuff from your childhood or from your life that... You know, didn't they ha- didn't have this big weight attached to it, but it's just a small thing that indicates, you know, onto a bigger thing. If you get me, like yeah. the tubs of grease, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like that, that. My friend Mark, that actually, that's about uh just got married last week, so that's another like milestone in in the further away we get from those tubs of grease.
5: You
4: know, <laughs> like it's yeah. also. I think those stories are cool as well. Like particularly when you listen to the whole interlude it's a, it's a couple of minutes long but like i find any time i go back and listen to it again i'm still really enjoying listening to the story and those yeah. are like the, those stories are the stories that people like to hear you know
0: yeah, well, I mean, like, my take on it, what I've written down here is a story of it, nothing, but also about everything.
5: Mm. Which see, there you go. It yeah. does
0: kind of sum it up. Because, yeah, it's your classic, you know, like, I could, I could see the fucking color of the sky above you when I heard that. I was like, I've been there and drawed it. Like, I've had those conversations about going away and I never actually did it. I never actually went and lived abroad for a long time. I mean, like, was that in and of itself a really formative element of even where you're at now? Just getting out of here for yeah. a year or a year or more.
2: Yeah, because like the old cliche that traveling broadens the mind, but also when you rely on yourself um, and not have the safety net. I know we all live outside of home, so we don't have that safety net of going home, like like of living at home. But like when you really can't, and you're forced to just work a shit job or work, you know, really uncomfortable jobs, like like the ones I was doing in Canada because I was starting at the lowest level it really made me a better person you know and then it made me it made me chill out a bit because i was like i considered myself i was a bit uptight before i left and uh yeah I just i was just a nicer person when i come back came back anyway
0: yeah for sure the waste of speech line i love like yeah catching yourself on it being like <laughs> waste of speech like it's i don't know it's, it's kind of like Maybe it's the voice note thing. Like you, you can't stop and edit it. Yeah. It's a real time flow. Yes,
2: yeah, so you can feel that in it, that it's real. Yeah. Whereas other albums you hear that have interludes that are just, they're acted out basically, you know, and it, sometimes it doesn't work that well.
0: So this was a case of like warts and all, I guess. It was just like... Yeah, throw
2: it in. Yeah, if it works, it works, you know.
0: Did you get any voice notes in particular album that like raised any concern with you and you're like, not that one, no, not a chance.
4: <laughs> no, no concern. I think it, it, it was an easy... It was an easy... In with this one, I think, Mm. because it just made like over the course of the year that we spent making the album, it made so much sense to me as to, you know, why you went away. It like Mm. it it really kind of sums it all up in three minutes, which is like information that I would have got over the course of. However long we spent in here, you know. Yeah. So it was nice to have. You mightn't that. even got that information. Exactly. At all. Exactly. Yeah. But it and was. That's only like one of
2: the reasons why I would have left. Like yeah. that was just. It. It was always in me to try get away anyway. Mm. And now I like to go back because like I'm drawn back there. Yeah. But like it's just, it's that youthful thing where you're just like I can't get away from here fucking quick enough, you know. What yeah. I mean?
0: What yeah. uh? What year was it? Do you do you remember?
2: The tubs of Greece.
0: Yeah, the infamous tubs of Greece with, with the no.
2: seats. <laughs> um, we were probably like. 18 maybe so, either 1999 or something like that. No, 1999. <laughs> no, like... 2000. <laughs> what the fuck was happening? 2003, 2004 maybe. Oh yeah, because like
0: I'm just thinking like how like, it's 2020 now mm. and I would love to get on a plane and go somewhere, but mm. I can't. Yeah. And we are in. Oh, cool! It's another recession, and it's just like
2: yeah, I know. Whew. <laughs> Coming back around like, but yeah. you've
0: changed. Like you've gotten older. You've got a family. You've got all these things. But yeah, there's still this sense of like that beautiful promise that you might want to come back to. It may have happened in some ways, but also, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe it's a sense of stasis or, some, or something. What do you mean? Just, like, the idea of, like... Of traveling. I've just... But even, like, time and, like, the, the passing thereof and the elapsing of, like, oh, well, look, you know, it'll all make sense in the future. But, like, there's these weird trappings I find that are, like, I'm simultaneously the guy who worked in Extrusion in 2003 and thought this was the greatest thing ever, even though I still wanted to go... And now I'm at an age where I'm supposed to have these things and supposed to have like, you know, a family and whatever. Yeah. But I think I want to fuck off now. Yeah. And like, listen, none, to, listen to that voice now. And I'm like, oh man, I can't.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I get you. Yeah. I feel stuck now. Yeah. And and you feel more stuck because you can't. That helps. Like that That adds, uh, like, because I'm the same. I'm, I have that mindset where I'm like, if I feel caged, I just want to go. You know what I mean? And it's just something about me that I've had to work on over the years. But I, I understand that, yeah. But you also have to understand that you can always go. There's always going to be time to go, you know what I mean? Like, life is very, very long, even though it's short. But it's long in the way that, like, there's a lot of your life that you still have yet, let to, li- yet to live, you know?
0: You sound like a wise old sage. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, like, you know, there's a lot of people you still have yet to meet. And, like, you just have to find comfort in that sometimes, I think.
3: Something under the weather Cause a part of me gets hungry My demons are on the welfare And all my friends are lonely We're still dying with no health care I was in the kitchen when you told me I was in Vancouver when you phoned me I write songs like all the bituaries But that might be the old me. I think that's the OMI. me Maybe this is a symbol of the way things are. i will scrape the pennies just to pay the road tax on my car, and the housing markets have gone through the roof.
0: That is track two. It's under the weather. Open brackets. Old obituaries. Close brackets. Uh, can we please <laughs> have a moment for that fucking gorgeous snare drum sound? That's all I want to talk about, guys.
4: That's a uh, fee. That's fee kinder, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, magic. some man for the drum sounds. Yeah,
0: I would say the best snare sound I've heard since uh, Lars Ulrich on Saint Anger. <laughs> also back in two thousand three. It really form- been sound. It was a formative year for us all. Yeah. But no, it's such a beautiful transition from like you got the ghostly WhatsApp voice note into okay, right, it's on, and the 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 drums are so nice, so gorgeous. Yeah, and then here he is. Yeah. Here, here he is with his things to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious as to like the, the structuring I guess of like that choice to, to not have you kind of front and centre to hold back a little bit and then come in
2: like in terms of when I come in in the song
0: or even just like the fact that this is like track two and you've had the voice note as your beginner
2: yeah and, and I haven't even just started rapping yet precisely yeah yeah so I get like, you
0: I, like when was that decision made? that wasn't
2: even a conscious thing I don't think we were just like I think we just felt that that's the interlude sounded right first you know um, I don't know I think it was me that picked the the, the listing was it the track yeah. listing yeah, it I think I just made it out or, like I just knew it was like one of those things where you just your unconscious knows what way it's going to go mm-hmm. like the first order I put them in I never changed it you know and that only took me 10 minutes or something like that And I, and then I listened to it a couple of times And I knew straight away, I was like, that's perfect, you know, everything just seemed to flow nicely and like it it suited the narrative. And and I was lucky because the narrative is not this timeline thing where everything has to go one after another. Like I could have done it another way and it probably would have been okay. but that just seemed to work really well. Um, Yeah. And you know me, I don't really care about being front and centre. I mean, in a lot of ways, other ways probably do.
0: (laughs) Well, that kind of extends towards like the idea of, particularly when you play live, it is very much a band experience. Yeah, and I think that comes across in the record as well. I mean, like obviously, like it's it's right here. The second you hear the drums, like it does feel more of a structured kind of unit thing. I mean, how important is it to you to collaborate with other musicians?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you can see from what I've done so far, like everything is pretty much collaboration. And people get weird about it sometimes because, like you know, they're like you can collaborate too much. But unless you're writing and producing and mixing and mastering all your stuff, it's, it, everything is a collaboration anyway. So the the one thing that I do differently is I I I name everybody in this. Like a lot of rappers get beats, and it's just them on it. But like three or four people probably made the beat. You know, like if like if Adam Garrett writes a song for me, he's gonna be a collaborative artist on Spotify or on whatever. You know. Like I, I don't want anybody to be left out. Um, in that regard,
4: one thing it's, I will say about that is that you're extremely generous to the crediting of other artists, and like, because you see, you know, you could look at, say, a Kendrick Lamar album, right? You look at a Kendrick Lamar album. Uh, one of the like to butterfly be a prime example. There's so many collaborators on that record, from Robert Glasper to, you know, um, any of the countless amount of producers who are on there. They don't sit in, they don't sit on the artist credits, but to, for you they do. And I think that's a, an incredibly generous thing to do. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, the fact Appreciate a, it.
0: but the fact that it's a debut album as well, I mean, like, you know, it's like, because it isn't Nilo and the, like, it, it's a Nilo yeah. album. Like, it, it, people are coming to it for you. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's not
2: all of an inner space either. Like, they're not on every song. You know, Adam Garrett wrote eight of the songs well he wrote all the songs like in terms of the music for them um, I suppose we all did together kind of but he wrote the bones for a lot of yeah, them you he know came with the ideas yeah. Um, and yeah we, like I just wanted him to have like his Jews for that you know what I mean because also you know I want to work with him in the future you know like and I want him to be a bigger artist and like to just you know get a bit of of a shine off it if the album does well you know Yeah, it's, like, like, it's, it's, it's just the right way to do it for me because it's a smart way for me to do it as well because If I want to keep making music with him, he's happy. That's great. It's let's make more music. uh, It's business of relationships. Yeah, exactly. It's like your barber.
0: You know, you gotta be like, (laughs) you gotta like, you you, you gotta make sure it's all. You know, it's like if I was just
2: milking him. And like <laughs> not giving them any shine whatsoever, you're just gonna fuck off someone else anyway. But how much and that
0: comes from uh, being in a band, like like you're in your uh, your hardcore rocker days. Yeah, like yeah,
2: ba- bands are like yeah, fucking hardcore rocker hardcore worldwide, rocker. certified so called. Um, you know,
0: like paper record man. Yeah. Like that's what they said. The headline. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, like obviously, yeah, you learn a lot about dealing with people in a musical sense because you've go you go through all the fights and all the the ego stuff and. you you go through that while you're young and we and we were fairly successful in terms of like not not financially but like we were a hyped band in a small genre Um, This is of
0: course frustration for anyone who has yet to learn that you were you know prominent hardcore scene
2: So we did a lot we did a lot of touring and that teaches you a lot of lessons about how to treat other musicians around you and like how to be treated as well and I made a lot of mistakes during that time in my life as well so I had that to learn from too you know so I never wanted to be go back and be you know like an egotistical person like not that I feel like I was back then but I would have been at times and other people would have been at times in that band too and and you get to a stage on tour where you're fighting and stuff all the time and it's just like it makes situations that should be really fun not fun like say you're in Germany playing in Berlin and like the gig's packed the gig's great but like you're fighting with your best mate or, you know, your bass player or your guitarist, like, um, yeah, it doesn't make for a good time, you know? How
0: do you find, like, that versus transitioning into this genre, this scene, so to speak, or, you know, I know the word scene is fucking overdone, but I yeah. mean, like, just in terms of the people that you've met, people that you've kind of interacted with and your own kind of attitude towards that?
2: For me, I love the Irish hip-hop scene because it's it, for me it represents, like, a second chance. Like, this is, I'm just talking personally, um... Because I always wanted to do this, and then I never thought that I would be able to. So I watched it from the sidelines a lot for a lot of years, you know. And was like, "Oh, that's cool. I like Lethal Dialect I like Kojak and you know, people like that." And then now that I'm doing it, and I'm up there with them, like that means a lot to me. And I was embraced fairly handily, kind of. You know, that was one of the questions you asked me when I was on no encore. You're like. Seem to be have been embraced, and like, I was like, "Yeah, I actually, have." So I mean, what's, the,
0: what's this guy's secret? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why do people like him? But uh, to be fair, I remember you messaging me. It's got to be like what two years ago now, yeah, on Facebook Messenger of yeah. all, all places. I like, don't
2: remember this. God help. I, me. I
0: remember it. Yeah. I remember you messaged me and have you, some
2: tunes, man. A <laughs> <laughs> few written. tunes written. <laughs> written
0: like, we, like we kind of knew each other, so you messaged me, and it was like, "Hey, man, yeah, I'm I'm working on a project. I'm doing my own thing now." And, you know, can I, can I throw you some songs or whatever? Like, and I was very much like, sure. uh, You know, and and this is me being like a dick where I'm like, oh no, it's someone I kind of know and they've got a project and, uh, and also like, I'm very much like, oh, well Nilo, I'm very important. I've got lots of music to listen to. Like, you know, that kind of shit. Like, you know, and I remember being like, I'll get to that. Mm. And then I think like a week later, having not quite properly gotten to it, Mm. Like, you're up on Nailer, you're up on fucking Twitter. Yeah. Everyone's like, this is really interesting. And I'm like, he didn't need me at all. But also, <laughs> I, was, I was also like, oh shit, it's good. He's yeah, good. I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. fine. Because I remember even like the tracks were so, they were really short. Like, I yeah. think it was like four tracks, wasn't it? This, yeah. is, this is October year. Yeah. And like, I was just like, first of all, I did not know you were going to be doing hip hop at all. I assumed it was going to be frustration style music because, mm. you know, I'm shallow minded, I suppose. <laughs> but I remember just seeing like instant buzz. And instant goodwill, and instant like people pushing you and being. I was like, "Oh fuck, this isn't just like I've just thrown a few songs together. This could be a thing." Yeah. Um. So that was my surprise, like my ignorance. But like, what was your reaction to just that first those first few steps? I suppose.
2: I suppose it was really nice. You know, it was like, I don't know. Like, I it was really encouraging. I suppose, like at the time, because obviously you're dropping a demo, and like I look back that, at that now, not to not to like take anything away from people who actually like it but I don't like it you know and not th- not that it's shit or anything I just I just see flaws like as you're gonna be, like I've, as an artist I've come along like technically and in terms of writing so much since then but like yeah it, the fact that it was embraced by people was lovely you know and it was I wouldn't have made this if it wasn't for that. like if that had got slated it would be it would be hard to make like whatever moves I needed to to make this album you know um, I wouldn't be able to get the musicians that I got or, or the producer or whatever I mean you should probably f- would have still worked with me but probably wouldn't be charging me at the arse
4: <laughs> I can actually, he's like that's true I can, uh, I can actually I can actually tell you I definitely would have still worked with you and here's why is because we're, got, we're talking about the first steps into you know from you transitioning to hip hop the first time Nelly rapped in you public. You
2: there. He was, was there, there, actually. That's, that, And that's crazy to think about, man, isn't it? Where yeah. was this? Yeah.
4: It was in Hangar. And I think it, it was a district gig that they were doing. I can't remember. So
2: it was a district gig. that math. It was a Math Man gig where he was playing all his beats. Oh, um, yeah. And he'd have like his, a his legacy of beats it. that he's written over the last, say, 10 whatever years. Um, and then at the end of it, he was getting guests, rap, not guests, but like whoever wanted to spit a few bars he'd drop a beat that you didn't even know what was coming and you'd have to go over it, you know? And uh, so I, this, I've never rapped on stage before. I think I did something with Little Die like years ago, just messing around, you know? But this was the first time I've ever actually do anything I had written. So it was like, this, it was so rough man. It was like, I think I drank like eight points because I was so nervous. <laughs> I had all these verses in my head and all, and then I got up on the mic, gone, straight away. Like literally got two words out and I was like okay let me, let me go again let me go again and eventually I got out a couple of good verses I think the
4: se- I tell you what it was the, like you said the first one it was like two words and you were like no I, you, you didn't quite catch it right yeah, and you caught it. it on the second go yeah. and I remember like there, there wasn't a whole lot of people in the venue at the time yeah. but everyone who was there congregated Right. I I vividly remember because I was standing back just a little bit Right. and everyone just like went in There was n- it hadn't happened all night and right. it happened then and that's when I knew I was like, "There's something, right?
2: Chef's got something nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man."
0: Lastly, on this track, by the way, mm. and on the first track, like big fucking dial-up internet fetish going on here. You're, you're showing <laughs> yeah. your age, man. Like <laughs> it's the yeah. it's the sweetest sound, and yet the worst one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
2: both. Like, and, and it reminds you of so many different things. Like, it's, it's everything. Really, Oh, you fancy back in MSN. Yeah. 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 Porn, like (laughs) downloading songs online more, you know, all sorts of stuff. Four days, yeah, to get one song. Exactly, yeah. Glory days, man. Yeah, exactly. People don't
0: know how fucking good they got it now.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised more people don't use that sound on, on records, you know? My well, look, it's yeah. yours. It works, man I'm running from the truth. Maybe I'm still running from
3: the truth. Lighting candles in my room, and I was awkward in my youth. And all my fantasies are burning. I was young, and here's the proof. And all the drowning adolescence, all my dreams are dipped in truth. Dreams are dipped in gasoline, I'm falling from the roof. And i got
5: my reasons. My mind is set, i leaving. I can't bear sinking feeling. It's just won't fall to freedom.
0: Track number three, it's called Let Your Dreams Collect Dust Until You're Desperate. And that was the amazing Molly Sterling there. Mm -hmm. God, she's good. I'm worried that this podcast is going to sound like just a fucking love-in. <laughs> I saw Molly, um, I think it was Hardworking Cost Heroes a few years ago, um, Grand Social upstairs around midnight or so. I remember going into the venue. I think she had some kind of backdrop and it was a visual and the visual was like kind of like your VHS kind of thing a little bit before everyone started fucking doing it. So we can give her the credit. Mm. Um, incredibly unique voice. Uh, mm. Molly's been on No Encore before. I remember that interview being particularly kind of interesting and very emotional. She, she really opened up with some stuff she never got into before, which was great. Um... But yeah, you guys seem to work together really, really well. And, you know, I mean, I dare say she steals this one, Nilo.
2: Yeah, no problem with that. Yeah, that's all good with me. Um, She's amazing, man. Yeah, I love Molly so much. And yeah, we just hit it off, you know. Like she was going out with a friend of mine for for years. That's how we met. And uh, yeah, we've just been friends for like a couple of years now. And we work well musically together. And she's just a kind of, like if she wasn't, as talented as she is, I'd still want to work with her because of how sound she is, you know? Like, it's like, I love working working with people where the vibe is good in, in the room. Like, I don't really... Like, he'll tell you, like, we're doing a new project at the moment and it's all about personalities and that's making better music, Do you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to getting the best musicians in. But Molly just happens to be both, which is... is and she's unique as well, so... We just work well together, you know?
0: The tone, though, I mean, like... I guess the vocals really emphasise it but like this song and the last one are drenched in like arch-capitalism, sobering suicide rates, financial despair, broken people mm. but musically uh, they feel quite determined and almost warm I think. Um, mm. How deliberate or important is like that juxtaposition? I don't
2: think it's it's per- uh, on purpose. Um, I just think that's probably pfft, it's just the music that happened man. Like it's really hard to, to say it was on purpose or anything but just what comes out, you know, like like that's what I was feeling when I heard that beat, and that's what came out of me. Like, was that it, it, that song's about desperation? Really, it's about it's about feeling like you've you've just had enough of of both a country and the world in general, and you know, like those rainy days where the the, the rain just won't fuck off, you know, and it and it just matches your kind of mood in in a lot of ways. Um, that's what that song's about. Yeah, it's it's. It's hard for some people to listen to that, but like I think it's it's actually a warm enough song. You know, it's not that depressing.
0: I didn't find it depressing. No. Okay,
2: guess good. It's reflective
0: <laughs> of the overall because I mean, like, I haven't seen you live a few times as well. I mean, like we were talking about it in the last one, but like there is, I think people do gravitate towards you and yeah. at your shows. I think people go to your show to have a good time. Yeah. But again, the lyric content can be really fucking heavy. Yeah. But there is that balance.
2: But I do like to yeah. If you get like you're saying at a gig. It won't it won't be like it's this big thing. And that's what I want to do with this music. It's like I wanna do it in a way that it's not this melancholy thing to talk about it. All these things. We these should be out in the open. That's why they become problems. Like suicide becomes this huge problem because we don't talk it's about it. Yeah. Even though that's fucking the one thing they always say, just talk to someone. Like that's bullshit. That's just that's just lip service to to make everybody feel better. You know what I mean? Like we need to fix what's causing them in the first place, you know?
0: I find as well that like, and I'm always very careful to be, not everyone is me. (laughs) Like everyone is different. Um, People's, you know, empathy levels or whatever, like you can't, I I think it would be unfair to like judge someone or, or be upset too much with someone if they don't have the same elastic band reaction that you might have to a thing. But I think there is something in the lip service thing as well, where I do wonder sometimes, I think some people can talk a lot about empathy and talk a lot mm. about you know listening and talk a lot about helping and then when it comes to the crunch I don't know how often people are actually capable of it that's so true and that's also not necessarily like a. I don't mean that as a dig per se yeah. I think it is how how you're raised or yeah how you are maybe it's how you're born
2: and also like they have their own problems going precisely on too. yeah and, and that's you, of course yeah. incredibly valid yeah nobody knows what's going on in someone else's life at that time like someone could be suicidal and the other person could be suicidal and they one person could be gone to the other for help, you know, like yeah, that happens yeah. a lot, yeah. and it's something that people don't like. You understand. could be standing in
0: someone with a fucking flashing neon sign, and they could miss it, and that's yeah. not like that isn't them being a prick. No, it's them being them. It's and
2: nobody's like, fault. Like when yeah. the, when the shit happens, it's just like you know we just need to fix out, fix why it's happening so much here, and that's what a lot of the album was about. Like because in Blanche and Cloncilla, it was like happening a lot. So I just, and that's why it's just in, it's not in the album because I want to fix it or I want to, it's in me, you know, like it's a part of me. So that's why it comes out in the songs.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to be reductive and suggest that like, oh, music equals therapy, music yeah. equals escape. But It helps me though. Like writing thing. that helped me. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I find that like in therapy sessions, oftentimes I can be asked about a very specific thing and I find myself saying, well, look, it's, it's in me, it's in my core like, it's part of me. I I don't see me being able to extract this part of me. It is there. It will always be there. And dealing with it, you know, there's different ways of dealing with it. But I mean, like, so is it a case of, like, this song, like, this type of song, a Nilo song, can never fully be written?
2: No, none of it is ever going to be fully written at all, yeah. It never, like, and I'm not even happy with those songs, <laughs> like, a lot of the time. Like, I'm happy enough with the album, you know, I think it's, I think I like it a lot and and I and I am proud when I listen to it. But it's in, the work is incomplete. Like there's there's a lot more of me that is maybe it'll never be you know uh, quenched. Was that a word? Yeah. yeah. The thirst, the thirst, <laughs> the thirst for knowledge will never be quenched. Uh, no, you know what I mean. Like maybe the the thirst to write that perfect song is never gonna be. No artist is ever gonna reach that. Um, even if you're fucking Frank Ocean or something. But like. Well, yeah. no,
0: let's not say something we can't take back well, like for
2: in, From his perspective, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah, yeah, You're He's... always chasing the thing, right? Yeah, it's exactly, like... yeah, yeah. And that, for me, this is a like baby step only. Sure. Because like, as an artist, I'm going to get a lot better over the next few years. And it might not even be in hip-hop, it might be in something else, who knows?
0: The transition from the last track to this one is so blink and you'll miss it that it's taken me a few times to realise they're two different songs. Right. Like, there's just a, like a breakneck pace, I think, from two into three. Yeah. And there have been times when I'm like... God, Neil is really like going off on. Oh, hang on, it's a different song. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
4: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm putting that blame on you, Adam, <laughs> for, for for discombobulating me as the listener. Do <laughs> you anything you want to say?
4: Uh, I apologise. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think it's don't. a good thing. I also don't. <laughs> no, I um, I, I think, like you've said, it was kind of an like almost like an autonomous process when the album built itself almost in terms mm-hmm. of track order. I, I don't think I changed a thing about it. You know, from my perspective, uh, you know, it all sits so well together. It Like it just it, to me, listening back as just a listener, because we've said how, you know, it's been done since we finished at Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. And um, being able now to take that step back and sit and listen to it. I'm I, I quite enjoy the fact that it's like immediately into the next song, partially because I love the song. But also, I think it keeps your interest. You know, it it doesn't give you time to even think about anything else. It's like, oh, we're on to the next one. How many times have you listened to that album? Me? Yeah. Oh, I, can't, I couldn't tell you. Around, it's, a, like, it's a lot like... Yeah? Yeah. Like 50? Uh, I'd say between between 30 and 50, I'd say, yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want a picture from J1 I headed straight for San Francisco With a couple of day ones It's not that we were on a mission I Had to find a day job We're getting drunk, so intuition Mission District, Strip Club We didn't have a pot to piss And haven't popped the Xanax since my son was born I think I was only taking them Because my heart was sore I used to fall apart on my apartment floor You watch me fall apart, watch me fall apart well, are we ex-best friends or are we meant to be beefing? Cause I pass you in the street and you look meant to beaten. I got a pile of your old books that I'm meant to be reading. Everybody's got some books that they're meant to be reading. You don't look
0: the way I dreamed.
3: I fantasize about all the towns
0: will never leave. That's track four, it's Xanax. How's fatherhood treating you?
2: Good. Yeah, I'm enjoying <laughs> it, man, yeah. I really am.
0: I find this shit so scary when I see anyone who's vaguely my own age or now even younger. Yeah. And they just have a kid. And I'm like, how, man?
2: It's scary, but like it's one of those things you just get used to it. Like Yeah, like you've no choice. That's the thing. And it's man, I've learned so many lessons from it. It's so funny. It's the it's the it's the universal humbler. Like it literally like, you could be, you know, you could be some big artist, which I'm not, but like, you can be anybody and you still have to change a nappy on a Monday morning or like not go out. You have, you might have these big plans to go out and then you just have to cancel them and just be like, no, this is what I'm doing. And I, I actually love it, you know.
0: And are you, uh, you know, like, this, this track is called Xanax, I guess, you know. It's it's interesting how, like, the word Xanax has even become, like, this kind of, like, strange musical thing. Yeah. Not just in hip-hop, but, like, yeah. fucking Billie Eilish, you know? And, yeah. Like, it's, so I think it's, like, I think, you know, whatever bit, like, starting this album with a three-minute voice note, I think, like, m- naming a track Xanax and a debut in 2020 is, like, you're gonna get some people, man. You're gonna get some people who are like, really, yeah,
2: really, you and that's know? okay because it's not like glorifying it, you know. Not at all, no. But yeah. that's the thing.
0: I mean, like you know, like you mentioned, kind of, I guess, in passing, here a relationship with medication. Uh, I'm, like I, I talk about it all the time. Like I, again, it's everyone is different. Like I haven't been on meds in, in quite some time. I prefer not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm asking you to give me your fucking hit here, doctor's history here, but like, has has meds been like? Because for me, they've been like very normal aspect of my life since I hit adulthood yeah I get you like have you kind of been in and out or
2: yeah I never prescribed like by doctors it's always been uh, like uh, like self-medicating um, for like you know sads and shit like that and uh, I'm not really one to, I get. I don't get crazy anxiety just more more so depression and yeah I, I've always used different methods to, to quell it and I don't take Xanax anymore um, because they're too easy it's really easy to just, like, whenever, you can go to work on, on them, you can do anything on them, really, you can drink on them, you know, you can do all sorts, and that's just too easy for me, you know? And not that it became this big problem or anything, but it was just, like, when I had a son, it, w- it was, like, right, you're not only living for yourself anymore, you have someone else to, to look after as well. Um, not that I I quit a lot of stuff, like, I still do fun stuff, you know? Um, like, I'm huge into psychedelics, but, like, I just don't think that a regular Xanax habit is like a good thing for anybody. Um it's it's probably good if you have an anxiety disorder to take on like once in a while but like it's a slippery slope, you know, they're too easy. They're they're too nice.
0: Yeah, I mean like I find that the brain can be so fucking fogged up. That like, I've my attitude has always been like, oh, when it comes to meds, my attitude's always been like, oh, I want, I want to be in full control. You mm-hmm. know, I want my best day to be my best day, my worst mm-hmm. day to be my worst day. It's a shit philosophy. Um, no, I, I understand I, it. I, though I, I don't know how well, uh, how well it actually serves me. Yeah. And even lately, I've been like, I don't feel like I need. But you have those crashes, like I, I, I you know, we, yeah. Before we kind of uh, before you hit these mics on, you're like, how's life, man? Yeah. And like I know coming from you, like it's a genuine question. Yeah. And. I've had a few moments over the summer, even this year, where I was just like, do I need, I'm in therapy and, and I'm very much like, I was like, do I need bigger help here? Do I need more? Mm. I've been there before. And I've, and I, I was like, no, I'm not like, I mean, but again, same time, like I'm always like so careful to also say that like when it comes to meds, I've got friends who I probably couldn't function without them. Yeah, I've no problem, you know, yeah. we like, are, we are. F- not half the people I know, no, are on a, yeah, no like fucking stigma, up. no fucking judgment. Like, yeah. I mean, but it is amazing how normalized it is too. Like when I went, when I was like seventeen or eighteen, I went to the doctor and I was like, "Well, here's how I'm feeling." They were like, "You're depressed. You're yeah. clinically depressed. Here's meds." And I was like, "Fuck, wow, that's that was easy."
2: It seems to be more and more now these days. It's like that's the first thing people go to. Not people, but doctors go to first over anything else. And not that they're not necessary in a lot of cases, they are. But but I just think for me personally. I think creatively, I don't know if they'd work with me. Like, I need to feel the, the, the lows <laughs> to get that, something like this album out. I needed to feel how I did my whole life to get this out. Um, Yeah, and, and I've found other ways to manage them in my life. And maybe they might not be the healthiest ways, but, like, it works for me, you know. I, I haven't got to a stage where I've been so desperate that I was like, all right, I need to go on them right now. Because... It's just it's just personal. I haven't got there yet, you know.
0: Going to that place though, creatively, do you have to stop and bring yourself to a place of you know kind of sadness or sorrow, or is it a natural right? There? Or in general, yeah, like when it comes to your process, when it comes to music, or do you just lean into if you're having a bad day? Like I mean, yeah, I do.
2: The... I do a lot of leaning into bad days, which is only something I've realised that I do recently. Like if I'm I don't know if, if if something happens and I'm really feeling it, I will listen to sad music and just explore that. Um, whereas some people might block it out and run away. And I was chatting to one of my mates the other day and he was like, Man, for three or year, four years there, I didn't listen to anything sad because I was afraid of what would happen. I was like, "Jesus, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> like half my days listen to sad music, you know. What's your go to? Um, Phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> uh, Jason Isabel, like country kind of folky stuff. A lot of the time, that gets the emotions out for me.
0: You see uh, you see, Casey was getting divorced, or got divorced?
2: From Rustin Kelly, yeah. And I
0: was like, oh, man.
2: That, he, he, I'm funny you say that. Didn't
0: you send me one of his tracks?
2: I sent you his album, yeah.
0: What was the one in particular? There's one song I'm
2: Mockingbird was the one you that's liked. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So that's the worst song on the album, man. You no, have to it listen not. To it again. It's the best you song. You have the to album. listen to, to the whole <laughs> album again. That's one of the, like, funny you brought that up, because that's the album for me that, it's called Dying Star, and that's the one, like, I was having a hard year last year or earlier this year and I just like every morning I just listen to that album while walking out in the park and it helped. But I don't know, did I dive more into the bad mood by listening to that so much, you know?
4: Do you think that, um, you know, exploring the the lyricism on the album, do you feel like that helped? Do you feel like that was a kind of an alleviation? On this album?
5: Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely more so towards childhood stuff because I found that that seems to be what was coming out even though I was talking about the present a lot like we hit a lot of subconscious stuff I was holding onto from my childhood and I didn't really realise it so that's definitely working out whatever kinks are in your I don't know in your soul yeah, yeah.
0: there's a lyric here uh, are we ex-best friends or are we meant to be beefing because I passed you on the street and you look mentally beaten mm-hmm. is that a direct story or is that just kind of a so, like I think I've had a couple of those myself. Maybe I've been the guy like who's being passed on the street. Yeah, it was about you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At and last, the truth comes out. Yeah. What street <laughs> was it, yeah? <laughs> Where was it?
2: Um, that's that's real. That's a real line, yeah. that's That that actually happened. Yeah, it's just about a falling out I had with a friend, you know?
0: How do you find, like, a, you know, like, it's the classic thing of, like, you're like, oh, well, you know, falling out with people, that only happens when you're, like, you know, a kid or a teenager. If, like. But it does happen in adult life. It happens north of thirty. Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes this
2: fucking happens even more to people the later again.
0: And it's yeah. fucking it's awful. Like, you yeah. mean, like you you wonder if you're going to reach this place of harmony. No, but it doesn't happen. And then no, you're like I'm just like writing that off immediately. Human, humans don't do that. <laughs> they don't do <laughs> harmony very well. But I feel like because I like I upset a friend, a couple of friends there recently, and like I spent like at least two therapy sessions being like, "Well, it's over." Yeah, I was like, "I've fucked up," and you know maybe this is who I really am you know like maybe like that moment was who I really am and like perhaps I've just like everything else is a front I'm, mm. and I'm I'm putting up this front and like I'm actually no, no I'm actually like really unstable or something I'm just like is that is I that, felt
2: like that for sure is yeah. that me
0: but I, like you visit I think you visit you amplify it and you visit back on yourself tenfold and that's not like a get out of jail thing no but Jesus Christ it's how oh, you running. give
2: yourself a hiding over it yeah Fuck worse me, than you've ever said to anybody else I know yeah yeah and like yeah it, it, I'm only learning to forgive myself. Like, that's a huge part of... We carry all this shit that we've done in our lives and, like, yeah, when you when you have a fallen out with your friend, especially you're going to replay the mistakes you made, the stuff you said, how much of a dick you are, how much you probably don't deserve them to be your friend anyway.
0: Man, it's like a fucking... It's like a post-match analysis and match the day. And
2: it goes... And it goes it's not just once. It replays a thousand times and sometimes it's five times a day, you know? And you can't let that win. Like... You have to heal that relationship, and it's it, things are easily healed. Like unless you really fuck someone over, they're gonna want to extend their hand and talk about it, you know. And I think it's up to you sometimes to heal to heal the stuff, you know. And that will and that will in turn heal you. I walk up through Kilmain and my forefathers went to
3: jail here. There was no such thing as bail here; they were thrown in concrete cells with echoes screaming a rebellion. How the Brits could go to hell? there were Fenians executed for standing up for themselves, and now we got Twitter. And now we got Facebook and now we got an army of trolls Leading an internet race war I just can't stand the hatred You like the courage, show your face You like the basic common sense To know that ignorance is basic But you might think I'm Medicaid I just wanna be here for my better days My, she called me up, she hopes the weather stays I hope that she could meet my son and tie his laces I got an angel on my shoulder The devil sent a postcard I was searching for meaning in the middle of a snowstorm I was
0: listening to... That's track number five, it's called Angel on My Shoulder It's been out for quite some time uh, You're having a bit of a sex and fire relationship with this song, are you? <laughs> yeah. Had enough, have you?
2: Had enough of it, yeah, I think it's because it's been out so long Why that was it on
0: the album then, mate?
2: I know, I know, it just fit in um, For me anyway, it fit in And yeah, I just wanted a dare, I suppose
0: this is one of the singles I feel really kind of did pop for you like it was It, it did well enough
2: yeah it did well enough I thought it was gonna do a bit better because the video is really good and I think the song is poppy enough and it's like well produced and
0: yeah it did, it did well How yeah. are you finding that whole you know navigation process of like getting your stuff heard It's hard man it's hard
2: sometimes it's sometimes it's the stuff you least expect will do do the best and then sometimes the thing you, you expect to do the best does the worst you know like I did a really good video with the, for the song with Yuli, You Can't Go Home Again and like just sitting on like, you know, a thousand on YouTube. I know I never push it. Never push it. But like sometimes you think I thought that was gonna do really well, you know, but I don't know. And then you can have a song that's like, you know, a hundred thousand on Spotify or like multiple people messaging a day about different things, you know. It's it's just like it's a it's a it's a lottery really what's gonna do well and what isn't. Yeah, and also if if a video isn't really vis uh, vi, is vis viscerally right? like viscerally kind of like striking, like that video we did was a bit more like, you know, it's it's warm and it's you know it did its thing carefree. Yeah, it's carefree. It's warm and it's like, yeah, it's not going to shock anybody into clicking on it. You know what I mean. <laughs> so maybe that's t- something people will go back to later.
0: I feel like videos have had their day. Yeah. Like I mean, I, like, I'm kind of like it's not. Well, that's not what it was, right? Mm. To Go back to the dial-up days. It's not like class man going to sit down in front of NTV two for an hour. Yeah, exactly, it doesn't happen. Mm. Like I mean, I, yeah, unless the video's got a particular incredible hook. Like the last, like, I'm trying. I spoke the last time a video brought me in something was probably the blaze territory yeah that was great but I'd never seen anything like it before yeah. I'm not sure if I've seen anything like it since Yeah, and everyone was fucking banging on about it online and I was like fine I'll give it a go and yeah. then I was like well, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen yeah, <laughs> so I was just like okay the internet was right. <laughs> I think
2: they're, they're missing <laughs> their, their outlets you know videos are missing their outlets they don't have them Big anymore time. whereas music still has radio it still has TV that it gets played on it has Spotify it has all these different avenues um, and videos just have one and that's YouTube really which
0: I find like I almost find YouTube like clanky or something there's just unattractive feeling
2: us with advertising
0: nightmare them, fucking nightmare Same, like-
4: it's absolutely break heart yeah. any time you watch a video yeah. if it's any longer than three minutes you're getting six ads like, yeah it's, just- it's nuts man
0: uh, you do mention, like, you know, we're talking about the internet here and that kind of stuff. You got, like, a, a couplet here where you mentioned Twitter and Facebook, Army of Trolls, Internet Race War. Yeah. Obviously, it's getting worse. We know this.
2: Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was before the more recent BLM. It's so much stuff. worse
0: since, yes, yeah, so even since the song fucking came out. So, yeah. I mean, like, you took a bit of a social media break over the summer. Um, did it feel weird to have to, like, put up a notes app and be like, I'm gone offline for two weeks or whatever it was you were doing?
2: I suppose I'd, I'd, I had to, I felt like I had to do that because I'm an artist and... You're supposed to keep some kind of presence, especially at my level. Like I'm not at a level where you can step away from me, um, and like some other artists are at a level where they their profile is high enough, or it's going to be high enough that they can step away whenever they want, and someone else might take it over for them and do the bits that need to be done. I just felt I needed to yeah, explain why why I did that, um, and I, and also to give myself peace of mind to step away because if I didn't say anything. There's no accountability there either. Like, like, like if I say I'm gonna step away for for three weeks, I'm gonna be gone for three weeks. <laughs> I'm not gonna come back after two days. How's it <laughs> going, guys? Hey. Whereas if I don't say anything, odds are I might be back. You know, because it's that addictive. Yeah, we all it's, know that. It's,
0: it's the most reflexive shit ever, yeah. and it is terrible. Um, but like you have been vocal. You know, like like whether you know defending Eric Cody or whether yeah. you're just like you know whatever. Like I mean, like you're not someone who like shrinks away. You do like talk about things if they need to be talked about but yeah. also it's it's exhausting and I can only imagine you know whether it's something like that of a very serious nature or whether it's like that time I think he had an article in like Dublin Live or something and like some bloke was like who the fuck is he? Oh yeah that happens all the time yeah. but like it's just so annoying like it's just like why are people coming at you like and being like
2: they do that to everybody man you Al already I already mean?
0: had an amazing
2: one I saw it did you see the picture of the guy? <sighs> Listen, Bro, I, I went in that guy's profile and looked at a picture of him I'm fairly... His tash looked like it was fucking connected to the bottom of his, like...
0: It's just general <laughs> trolls, though. Like, is that even him? But, like... But, like, a but, but yeah. she put up a, She put up one, in, like, an interview she did with the Irish Independent and, like, the comment was, like, bit old to want to be a pop star. Like, what? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, I mean... Like, she's not even trying to be a pop star anyway. No. I love that. Where
2: do people get these Bitterness, like, years, man. Yeah. It's bitterness. It's just pure bitterness. And it's, like... It's the anonymity and the moment—the fact that there's, there's not, not going to be any consequences—and they can surrender to that little gremlin for a fucking two seconds and just go, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's out in the world, and like, someone else has to fucking soak in their bullshit. Then, um, it's it, it annoys me, but like, it's also funny. Like that's that, that's funny. And and whenever I get something said about me, like it does, like tickle the ego a bit at the start but you get better at laughing at it you know what I mean like finding the funny side of it like there was a chap when we we released the God Knows um, uh, remix with you know Mango and Rebel P and shit it was like there were so many comments on that video like one of them was just like you're all in your 30s take a day off
0: (laughs) that's so good that is good yeah and
2: like some of them are really funny you know and you have to see the funny side of it like
0: how often have you, like, typed out a tweet and been like, no, 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 Or even, like, deleted, like, two minutes later? Just oh, f- like, f-
2: like, not responding to people, really, but, like, yeah, a lot of tweets of shit that I'm going to say that just get deleted. And I'm like, why would it, like, is this going to bring anything good to my life? No. Okay, fuck it. Yeah, you know,
0: it's gonna bring a barrage. Exactly, but you also get people DMing you and stuff, and like saying that music helps them and that kind of shit. Yeah,
2: that happens also, which is nice. How do
0: you that. react to that? Because I find that, like, you know, on the rare occasions that people decide into my DMs to tell me how handsome they think Adam sounds, <laughs> I'm I'm usually like, oh, what do you say? Like, he's actually not that handsome. I mean, like, like it's you are, but it's just very much like I I, I can't do a praise.
2: Yeah, like, me neither. I can't yeah, fucking yeah. handle it, man. Your initial reaction is to reflect it. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I right. found out that that off, that, yeah. that is a. Uh, that's not the right thing to do because it, it discredits the person that's saying it, you know, because um, you're saying, no, you're wrong. I'm not good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but like I think just to say thank you, I really appreciate that. And if they went into detail, which is what I like, that's better because then I can be like, ah, oh, you know, it made me feel like that also. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like can relate. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just fucking thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Like 10 times, you know, it's hard. Because I want to respond you, to everybody.
0: You're going to read the reviews, right? It's your yeah. debut album. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. like, that's going to be a real acid test, I guess. Yeah. I think they're going to be good. Yeah. But what if they're not? I
2: don't... I mean, I'm going to mind, obviously. It's been like strange But I'd say, I don't mind. But I do. Of course I do. <laughs> and that's okay, yeah. It's, it's going to be a lesson, man. Like, everything negative like that... And they're probably not going to be negative, but there might be negative stuff said in them. It's all just getting better at taking that, like... I'm trying to fucking get to a stage in my ego where it's not f- as big as it was before. You know, I think that's a success if, if my ego next week is not as big as it was the week before. It's a good thing, you know, get rid of that fucking little gremlin. <laughs> it's like, why don't you like my album? Because they just don't like it. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's okay. They're they're not an aficionado on like the the hip hop that I like. So it's all good.
0: You're not entitled to a good review. Yeah. Good, because you're not getting one, pal. <laughs> imagine, imagine it was like, imagine it was like a barrage of like, what was he thinking? Like, yeah, oh you know, my God, imagine. <laughs> like...
2: This is the worst shit I've ever heard in my life. No, I'm confident. I'm not, I haven't thought about it because I'm confident that's going to get good reviews. Because I think even objectively, it's just a good piece of music. Yeah. Um, whether someone doesn't like hip hop, doesn't like Irish hip hop, doesn't like me or what I'm saying in it. Um,
0: Maybe like Pat Kenny will review it and that'll be good, you know?
2: That would be amazing, yeah. The I'd legend. love to hear him say a few words about it, yeah.
0: Nilo <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would pay so much money to hear Pat Kenny review I'm gonna try and make it happen. I have no connection to the man. Please do. I'm gonna try and make it happen. Please do. number six, it's A T L A F interlude. All of these are falling interlude, of course. Uh, I think this is a good time to talk about the album title and the artwork and the the aesthetics around it. Mm. The artwork, which I only saw recently, we all only saw recently, is fucking awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, again, love in podcast, but you know, I, I should probably really be grilling you, but like, what sense would that make? So, is that in the Phoenix Park? Where is it?
2: That's in Trooperstown Woods. Up in, it's the other side of the Wicklow Mountains. Okay. It's so far. It's like an hour and ten minutes away, I think.
0: So you're standing amidst uh, a lot of trees. Yeah. And you're looking up to the heavens. Yeah. It looks like dusk or dawn. It's very like, yeah, you know. It was it, of, maybe
2: evening time. It's
0: kind of faded, yeah. Yeah. And standing around you are ghosts. Mm. People in ghost costumes. Mm. I love it. It could have gone terribly mm, wrong. Definitely. But it didn't.
2: Yeah, because that was a... Uh, well, George, you know, took the idea and just made it exactly what I asked him for, which was amazing. Like, he really just nailed it. Um, yeah, the, that was that was actually a plan B, because my first idea for the record was a noose, which was, like, in a forest also. It was, like, a noose hanging from a tree, but on one side. So around it is this beautiful scene of, like, you know, just a summer in a forest. Um And then through the noose is like a gray room where it's just like a gross little fucking session room where it's just concrete and shit. So like it was kind of supposed to symbolize like that someone feeling those like thoughts can only see the bad side. They can't see the beauty around them, you know, but I just thought the noose was too much of a loaded symbol in general. And I just didn't really want that kind of smoke right now. (laughs) So I went for a different idea.
0: I think you made the right call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you say, it's symbolic of a lot. Yeah.
2: It's um, very it's very uh triggering for many different kinds of people. Completely, yeah. Um yeah. So I was just like, fuck, I don't wanna I don't wanna hurt anybody or have that associate have my album associated with someone, you know.
0: Were you committed to that? Like were you like it's going to be this? And like was it a case of having to really sit down and think about it or was it
2: I just knew that, like, no, I knew myself that I, I had committed to that for a few months. and um, You hadn't shot it? or her. No, no, nothing like that. No, it was just in my head as an idea. And yeah, then I was like, no, fuck it, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different. Um, I'd had a few conversations with know, my manager, about it. And we were both on the same page. We were like, yeah, that's probably a bit of a loaded, you know, symbol. Um, so let's do something different. Let's do yeah. a lot of ghosts. <laughs> So, I, mean, I just thought of that like last minute, pretty much, like really? last week or so. Yeah, <laughs> but it worked out really well. I really liked it. Yeah,
0: what are the logistics of uh, of finding like are they homemade ghost costumes or it's very Scooby Doo? You know, I went
2: into Dunn's like the night before literally and just got like had to get the right uh, ply is a ply not uh, a thread, like a thread count, thread count, and um, so that they weren't see through, you know, because a lot of the like the shitty pennies ones would be see through. And uh, yeah, just getting everybody there. That was all it was to it. So everybody that was involved in the album pretty much came out. There's only two people that, that weren't able to make it and he was there, he was a ghost. I was.
0: Yeah. First time here another. There you
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like how it came out, man. Like I really do. I'm I'm very proud of that. Um I don't consider myself a very visual person, but I think when I'm put when I'm forced to do it,
4: I'll get something good. I think for me, like it summed up the album mm. Very very um, comprehensively I think it like makes so much sense
2: yeah the only thing that would have been better is if it was like actually really autumn-y we just couldn't do it and we didn't want to like photoshop the orange in
0: post-production yeah yeah yeah. I I, I got an autumn vibe maybe it's because like you know yeah it still
2: is an autumn vibe it was an autumn you know it just wasn't like two weeks from now which would be orange
0: let's go back and do it again (laughs) where's your pride man (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, was this a quick and easy job or were you there for hours and hours and hours? Like, we were there for about two hours on David Fincher job, like 17,000 takes. You know? <laughs> no,
2: it was only two hours, it was professional, really good. Yeah, George yeah. did a great job. George Voronov, absolute hero.
0: We'll get into the themes, I guess, of what the album title means mm. uh, very quickly, but it, it was always that title, like there was never...
2: Yeah, it's been that title for six months, there was never anything else as far as I know. Actually, no, it's been that title for about a year. It's been that title. That was the title of yeah. the first. I was supposed to release an EP called All the Leaves Are Fallen that had three of the songs on it. Actually, two of the songs. Actually, was only one song, was it? It was supposed to be Just My Look Questions and All Leaves All Are the leaves Fallen. All Leaves Are Fallen, yeah. And Just My Look Questions didn't make the album and All the Leaves Are Fallen
0: did. So that just worked. And there was never, like, you didn't have this massive fucking whiteboard Metallica no, style again. No, like, it was just always that, yeah okay yeah. um, it I works liked it. I liked it Yeah. it works it I, I rolls off the tongue it does roll off the tongue yeah which, and, which I, and I, I think it's important
2: it ju- it was a song lyric first you know it's in the song obviously and um, yeah sure we can talk about that song when you come around to it
0: well let's come around to it right now okay We <laughs> <laughs> just don't belong but I was at your funeral
3: I was in the cubicle oh yeah, yeah. I was there when At your funeral, your mind was on the pew with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. We saw you at the funeral, maybe it's not used to you, but I'll be leaving soon.
0: That's track seven, that's all leaves are falling gave ourselves a nice little lead in there. So let's confront this fucker, shall we? Um, there's one line in particular here, uh, which really, really got me. Uh, it's, I saw you at the funeral. Maybe it's not news to you, but I'll be leaving soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't been to that many funerals in my life. If I can get literal about it for a second uh, or weddings, strangely enough. Um, but I've been to a couple of notable ones and I don't know what it was. Uh, I found myself transplanted while listening to the song. It was a combination of like thinking of one in particular, one particular funeral I, I, I've i been to which I had which I had a very very strong emotional reaction to one that kind of surprised me it was a day where I just found myself feeling very reduced to kind of almost like a childlike state mm. that I went into which I did not see coming
2: they tend to do that yeah
0: it was something else man it really was like one of those kind of weird out of body experiences or something it was just pure emotion and it was my uncle like a few years ago and it was that and it was also me kind of the second half of that the idea of like maybe it's not news to you but I'll be leaving soon Completely away from the funeral experience, but definitely into a kind of a grieving one, like a relationship, and just you know mm. the idea of like you leaving soon should be massive fucking mm, news to this, not. but it's yeah, not. Yeah, And I was sitting there yesterday putting these clips together, and I just started fucking weeping. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh no, sorry. But there you go, I mean, like it did it, you know, it did it, the job, it did the job <laughs> <laughs> there's just something hyper specific though, I yeah. mean like you know you might not have that specific reaction to it that I did, but like I don't know, I mean, like I think it's you know, I think it's one of the more skillful moments on the album where you completely nail that experience that lived in experience and the loss of it, and also the empty fucking acceptance of it. Mm. I can't change this, I can't change the situation. I can't bring this person back to life. I can't bring this relationship back to life.
2: Yeah.
0: And the only thing left for me to do is to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the loneliest shit ever. Yeah. And I hope that somehow my pain amplifies in your direction. <laughs> but it won't. Yeah, And I don't know what to do with that, that energy. Yeah, I get you. Now, that might not be what you wrote, man. No, man. That, <laughs> like that's what I got from it. You're
2: getting a lot of the stuff, especially like nobody's ever... Um, connected with that line like and, and said that it's about a relationship like but it's definitely that's definitely what I was getting at is like you know yeah this this probably isn't fucking news to you but I'm I'm fucking off anyway <laughs> you know what I mean like it's like f- almost feeling sorry for yourself in a way but that song man was a weird one and, I, and it's a really uh, I would consider that probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had writing a song in the least wanky way I can say that Um, that was written on my laptop in my old apartment about eight in the morning after being viciously hungover. Like I probably had four hours sleep, probably still drunk. And like, it just fucking poured out me in one session. It was to a fucking beat I just had on the internet. It was just like, it just came out and I, and I wept afterwards. And it was like, I didn't, it was like being possessed for a minute. Like, and it only took about maybe 45 minutes and it was just done. And it was about the fifth song I'd ever written. So I felt that, like, that was literally just floating around somewhere that just wanted to come out. And it was spiritual because it was like, shit, man, sometimes creating music isn't, isn't it feels like it's not my brain or mind doing it, it's just coming through me. And that was a real, uh, you know, that was a real kind of, like, experience where that was, I don't know, apparent that that could happen to me. And it also just, fucking took every emotion out like you know what I mean like it took like it's toll emotionally on me at the time and then I felt great because I was like fuck I love this song so much Um, and I've always loved it and every time we redid it so well and every time I listen to it it definitely hits me Um, I'm very proud of that song I really like
0: it yeah it's it's my favourite on the album Um, I think it was like there are lots of little great moments that I do find myself forgetting where I am, listening to them. But this was this was a complete another takeover. Like this was just like, oh Jesus, this is like washing into my fucking system. Mm. And then you got Molly again, mm. elevating the experience. It's the
2: perfect person to have on that song exactly. is particular. Yeah. And she sang on the old one. She actually the first time me and Molly ever met up, um, not met up in general, but met up to do music. She came I was in Yellow Door at the time, which is down um near Conley Station. And she came. We were just drinking whiskey, and she put that first down on that, and it was just perfect. You know, it was amazing. Even the demo version has its like has parts where it's even better than that. But that is just an overall better song. You know, he loved it from the moment he he
4: heard it. First time I heard it, first time I heard it, I knew like I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, and for me, in kind of production mode. The reason, like uh, the reason that I'm here, is on the vessel. I'm trying to like get what you want onto that mm. to make it sound like the final product. I hope I did it justice, And You were. I think I think I did. Bro, you're as much of that song as me. <laughs> like yeah. honestly, yeah. But I, I knew, I knew it needed that crescendo that yeah. is in the middle of it. I yeah. knew it needed that to be. Yeah it had to take a breath away and like
2: fucking shout out to inner space for that because they nailed oh the absolutely
4: breath. killed it like the lads knew exactly what to do yeah. how to do it and they executed it perfectly so it was all about creating that mood creating that tension creating that uh, the build up of emotion it's like almost before you you know it's like that feeling before you start crying mm. and that's what it felt like to me and when I heard it back in the state it's in now that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. I, it's that bit where the tears started. Yeah, uh, for me, anyway, it's that's exactly where it was. And it, the biggest translation to me of this song was at the live show.
2: Yeah, it always hits live.
4: The live show when it gets to that crescendo and it stops, the crowd every single time I've seen it have erupted. <laughs> yeah, it's really. It's, like, like... it's for, from from the perspective of someone who was in the crowd and also someone who was side stage. Yeah it's so overwhelming so I can only imagine what it's like for you
2: I'm just focusing on not fucking up the singing so I never get (laughs) to soak it in you know I'm like I'm like because I I still think I can't sing I I can kind of sing you can sing I can kind of sing but like (laughs) there I just threw back a compliment Um, but like I'm just focusing on not fucking hitting bum notes because it's really hard to not like
0: well, in terms of like release, there is a vocal that kind of harkens back to the frustration days. And mm. again, live as well, Like it's very much like, oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I mean, like, like it's not that I was surprised that it was there. I was surprised that it's not there that often. That mm. kind of scream, that kind
2: of... It's there three times on the album, I think, which mm. is more than any other hip hop album. <laughs> like a lot of them anyway, you know. Um, I think we discovered something making it and we just didn't get a chance to explore a lot more. And I'd like to do it a bit more is that those build ups, including screaming and like a bit of whatever else is going on, because I think that's something that's probably not many people are doing. Um, obviously, they're doing it with like a more aggressive hip hop, but not like not more melodic stuff, really.
4: Yeah, what I like about it is that it's a nod to your past. It's not like you've forgotten entirely where yeah. you've come from.
2: But it works really well. And it also. works
4: so yeah. well. It's yeah. just it's, It is the pinnacle of where that emotion is going in that song and yeah I think exactly, that's yeah. very very important to the final product I don't product. wanna
3: fight with you i take a plane right through the sky if it meant to spend the night with you if that'd be alright with you hey eh? when I look into your eyes that's the universe is lighting up and that's enough to lighten my load I follow all the darkest roads that steer home but maybe this the only home I've ever known
5: Yours is the only love I've ever known. Now I understand I should have shown you. Time passing and I'm getting old. I can feel the sweat upon my shoulders. And it's you on my mind now that it's cold.
0: Now, no, you'll be just fine. That is track number eight. It's You Can't Go Home Again. Uli, mm. talk to me.
2: Oh, I love him so much. What do you want to know?
0: I want to know everything.
2: <laughs> about him yeah why not I mean because um, like, I
0: feel like you know I've only heard of him through you initially oh as right as okay doing his own stuff but for anyone who might be like don't know this guy yeah sell him
2: oh, I think to if you're gonna sell him you have to sell him as a person um, first because he's just the best person ever and great. I've known him since he was a kid and he came into Favors playing in a band uh, called Milestones that were like a really good kind of post hardcore slash hardcore band. And he was always just sound, you know, he's always just a lovely guy. And then we started going to Manute together um, and I was delighted when I found out he was gone as well because we both went back as mature, mature students. He was doing, doing astrophysics and I was doing law. And it was just like, uh, we spent four years there together and it was just deadly. And then he was st- he started making music as Yuli before I started doing the Nilo thing. So he reached out to me and was like, here, I have a couple of these beats that me and my friend Adam have been working on, and that was basically what became like a lot of stuff for me. And um, so he's responsible for a lot of of what I have right now, and a lot of what the album is as well. It's amazing.
0: Uh, the team up here as well, of course, you know, that led to that video, which has you milling around and enjoying mm. the the finer things in life. <laughs> uh, I I always took that as like commentary, like it was kind of like we're taking the piss, we're having fun. Yeah, it's not meant to be braggadocious at all. No,
2: it wasn't at all. Um, yeah.
0: It's weird because like you don't see that a lot. I guess at least I don't in in Irish hip hop or like you know uh, maybe we're all just fucking broke. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's not. It doesn't seem to be like too much part of the culture.
2: Like the braggadocio thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, no, uh, it's not at all. Like I'm, you hear it in in people's bars for sure. Yeah, but like you don't see a lot of videos with cars. Although you do. Yeah, so. Depends. There's a good bit of it it's around. The, it's
4: the type, I think. It's like yeah, it the, depends it the
2: on what I Yeah, like in trap and stuff, it'll be a lot of bra- braggadocious stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and there's more trap being made than there is hip hop here. But the media only covers hip hop for the most part.
0: True. Yeah, and I'm you know same. Like, like, I haven't done a deep enough dive. Yeah, there was um, there was that recent documentary, the uh, Red Bull yeah. origin hip hop thing, um, which you were featured in, of course. Yeah. And I guess, like, stemming from that, some of the conversations that came out of it was, like, the, once again, like, the idea of, like, rapping in the Irish accent, Mm. people who have also been influenced by America and uh, American rappers and stuff. And, like, I guess the chronology of that, the idea of, like, it being perhaps more, um, not intense, but certainly more uh, felt, I guess, in the early 2000s or whatever, even, like, the early 2010s, it's obviously changed quite a bit in recent years. A lot more, I guess, pride in the accent, a lot less shame, if that's what it ever was. Same time, though, I mean, like, I'm crazy influenced by American pop culture. Yeah. I think it's hard to get out of we that, are. Way. Like like that Like
2: that. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, it's just like a general kind of, like, it's weird. I think, I think like our generation, if I can get all fucking, you know, prime time about yeah. it. It's, it, we've been raised on fucking yeah, on TV it. and like The Simpsons and Absolutely. everything like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean the accent thing is is a is a tough one. If that's what you want to discuss, is it
0: less about the accent thing and more about influence and more about like the idea of like trying to be original? While yeah, so that,
2: that's more important to me than accent because
0: yeah, like fed into by a culture which is so far away from us and yet yeah, it, it was in our fucking living rooms all the time.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the influences that I have are mostly American hip hop, and then there's a couple of obviously Irish ones. But like my favorite artists are all most of them are from Chicago like you know in America and it's just like that's fine Like there's nothing wrong with that I shouldn't have to be ashamed of that Um, I love Irish I, I'm one of the biggest supporters of Irish hip hop um, when I started out uh, doing the rap thing I was doing more of a Dublin accent than I was talking because I thought that was what I needed to do and then I took a step back and I was like actually I want to be like as authentic to, to me as I can and I don't want to have to think about how to change anything as it's coming out, because that's going to hurt the the actual creativity. So, like, I like to just fucking rap how I talk now, you know? And if singing is even harder, because singing you go even more American, because, as you notice with, our, with like, our indie bands as well, they do that too. And they seem to get away with it for some reason, whereas the, the hip-hop crowd are like, you're questioned on it constantly and I do it to myself and to other artists as well. Like, I do it to my best mates. Like, I did it today in my head thinking about, like, some of my mates that were, I'm like, he'd be better now if he did more of a double next. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, I don't know why uh, we do that, but we just do. Um
0: It's like, I guess, some kind of internalised yes shame. <laughs> or like, And
2: then there's also shame for not using it. So that's weird. like Yeah, like yeah.
0: identity crisis maybe.
2: Yeah, I think for me it's like, Grime and shit didn't get really popular until they started using their own accent. So I think Irish hip hop is going to be the same. Um, like, And I mean global, global success. Like it's successful now within Ireland. But globally, until we take that identity, you know, um, it's not going to be huge.
0: How do Irish hip hop artists transcend to the whole
1: world?
2: That way, create their own fucking genre. like Like UK did it, you know? You can't just hop on everything else like I'm doing, <laughs> like everybody's doing and expect it to be, you know, to be better than the, the people that did it in, in other countries. Like we have to create something unique here. Um, I think the Limerick Heads are doing a good job of that. I I think it's, it's more unique than anybody else is doing, but it's still not completely unique because it's still, you know, they'd have to create something from scratch to be the unique, you know. I'm I'm maybe too late in the game to even be involved in something like that I don't even know I just want to get the the albums out like the, for me the lyricism is the most important thing so if I can get these stories out in a way that's authentic that I like to listen to that's all that matters do you, know? you
0: think you'll be the kind of person to be like how prolific do you think you're gonna be
2: like in terms of making music
0: yeah like I mean do you like I
2: have better songs than are on this album in my opinion they just don't suit this album if you get me Um like we're working on another project now. That's like very very special, and that's not really a Neil thing. It's kind of a bunch of us working together. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I think I'd like to be fairly prolific. You know, I'd like to do a few albums anyway. Like I am old enough, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you know, like kind I of I never like to commit to anything.
0: You mentioned but, uh, you mentioned home a lot in this in this one. yeah. It's in the title. It's in the lyrics, uh, especially for someone who's had to had to go away to come back. Mm. What is home?
2: it's an idea more so than an actual thing you know it's like it changes all the time really it's it's a word that people associate multiple different things with you know um, is it even real you know what I mean like that's what I'm like do, do we even because ha- you can consider something as home and then like you go away for a couple of years and it's not anymore you know and that's what that that's about it's like you know, when I fe- when I came back from Canada, you're like, you're looking around at the area you grew up in and the chipper's not there anymore and the fucking feels a little now. And like, you know, it's, it changes, but like, you know, we all like to think of, of that we have a home and we're lucky that we have houses to live in. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just rambling.
0: <laughs> I think it's the idyllic thing though. Like it's a safety, it's a security, it's, yeah. it's warm. It's, it doesn't it's, exist though. No, not really. But you, know, you have to have it. Like, it's like some kind of grounding situation. Yeah. Like daily routine or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, if you like, don't
2: have a home, like, you, it's the worst thing in the world. You're homeless. Yeah. Like, you know, we feel bad for those people. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's an idea more than anything Because we right? those people and therefore, like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, like it's, it's the separation thing. Yes, like, exactly. Like, it is, it's this kind of strange necessity that also can become a luxury and you can lose sight of it. But mm. yeah, it, it's like, it's, the universal idea, I think, with it. And even but even go back to like, you know, the idea of like people and their, their mannerisms, their behaviors, their movements. I remember thinking like ages ago, this is like way pre fucking pandemic, and I remember being like I remember being in a bar once and a dumb bus went by and I just for some reason I just, my brain flashed to like thinking of the driver. Yeah. And I'm like, That guy got up today and he put on his uniform and he left his house and on time and he's driving the bus and he's gonna do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And every other day. Yeah. But what if he didn't? I'm like, (laughs) why does he do it? Apart from the obvious, pay rent, put food on the table, whatever. Everyone, everyone mostly does it. Everyone mostly gets on with their day and does what they're supposed to do. And I'm not saying, hello, let's have chaos and disorder, but it is kind of fucking scary that we have as much order as we do. I'm just like, wow, this is like, people generally just get on with it.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah.
0: In search of this thing that will make them complete. And I think home is one of those ideas.
2: Yeah. And like, it's like, yeah, like, happiness is a similar one. um, Contentment, like, they're, like, home, like, they're all related, but these are ideas that we have in the future. I will get home later, or when I go home, or when I'm happy, or when I'm content. It's like, we, we don't realise that that shit is all happening right now. doesn't exist. Yes, it's not, it's, like, it's, not, it's yeah, essentially it actually doesn't exist, but, like, you can have all those things in this moment, but yet we we strive constantly for this feeling of contentment and happiness. But like, if you are able to connect with, with with what we have right now and stop your fucking brain in overdrive all the time, that's real home and that's real contentment. It's very hard to achieve, but it is achievable achievable for people. Like,
0: I don't know, man. I think it sounds like it's a. Uh... Probably a good time for an interlude.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Like, there was a part of me that was okay to move home, but like 90% of me was like, oh, I really, really don't want to go. I love it here. So, yeah, we got to the last day, and I remember um, there was this really, really red tree. It was like an orangey red glowing kind of tree that lived, uh, that lived, <laughs> that was outside our apartment. And we had this balcony where I'd always be outside smoking. So, I'd always be staring at this tree. It was like, my beautiful thing. And um, so on the final day, I remember walking out to the, to the balcony and just looking at the tree. And it was November, so so this made sense. But for me, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like All the leaves overnight had just blown off the tree. Literally every single leaf was gone, and it was just sticks of branches with no leaves. And it was just... It was really fucking heavy and symbolic of actually having to leave somewhere. It was just, you know, one of those... Penultimate
0: ultimate track on the record, it's called "Red Tree Interlude." It's a three-minute, thirty-nine-second interlude. Who do you think you're, pal? Rod Stewart, is it? <laughs> Steve a long one, does he? I presume every album. I, like, <laughs> like, he he gets very esoteric. Christopher actually, probably would have been a better reference point. Right. But uh, you know, that, that man redefined really music. Uh, yeah, we're coming, we're coming to the business end now. Yeah, and it's another. Uh, I guess ramble, I love a ramble we voice know each other, yeah. they can go on yeah for sure, they're the best things ever mm. uh, even when they can be about nothing but I guess, you know, I know what Adam Shanahan brings to know Encore week on week, the man has elevated the show for me, Daddy. especially in a year when I don't know how the fuck we'd be doing without him, and again, I'm painfully aware that anyone who's like tuned into this podcast is probably like, this is just a complete circle jerk, but like I don't know, nice no, to meet him in today but I guess what I'm wondering is like in terms of the relationship you guys had making this record, how was it, man? Take me into this wonderful room that I'm in now. You're actually you're you're on the microphone that you used to record it. Yeah, which yeah. I yeah. Love.
2: It was amazing, man. I've never had a better experience making any any music in my life than I had making this album. Um and I think he's probably the same.
4: I can, yeah, I fully I can fully say the same. We I've just been fucking had a great
2: um just a great friendship, you know. And I'm really comfort around each other and like a laugh that's unparalleled you know
4: yeah very much so I think as well another thing that was great was we weren't afraid to challenge each other on decision making mm. and it was never it was never done in in a kind of a confrontational way it was always very productive and it was oh. always like we knew any time that we had the conversation kind of at the outset any Thing we were pushing on was always going to be for the good of the music. Yeah, so yeah, we always knew that. There was never
2: anything you said that I was I disagreed with, even like there. Like you might disagree with a little bit, but like it's not said in a way that's like because you know you know when you're in in a writing situation with someone that has an ego or they're being a bit weird about stuff, it just makes everything awkward. And like we just we just don't we just didn't have that with each other anyway.
4: I don't think. I think when we started working together, certainly I couldn't have afforded to have one because like there was mm. a, like I didn't have any of the music out that I have out now. I, we haven't got the collection of songs that we've had out now. You know we haven't got we hadn't got this album even. Yeah. You know uh, we didn't even have a ten percent finished at that point. So I think for us both to be coming in on that level yeah. where we both were in our own heads definitely lended itself well to the relationship that we built mm. musically and personally as well yeah you know it's great like it's i, lo- I look forward to it. we like we're in here every wednesday every single wednesday for i'd say a year yeah you we know were in here, yeah, every, every single straight. wednesday it was like hammering out tracks and it's a lot of work when you think about it as well a lot of work but <laughs> i didn't like i almost didn't see it as work yeah you know i just i was like i'm looking forward to going to the studio we right? always and had good
2: with, crack and i you always time came time. away with something that you're like I know I'm going to listen to this for the whole week and love every
4: minute of it, you know? And it's you still know. happening too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about like switching off. Do you? I mean, or is it a case of I'm always listening to something, I'm always writing something, I'm always...
2: I've actually switched off a good bit recently and I don't know why. I think, I think yeah, when when COVID started in March, it slowed me down. And I have written a good bit since then, but I'm not as prolific as I was before that. Um, hopefully I'll get back to where I was there. But I think when you're taken out of your... I was in a serious fucking writing zone. Like, I think I had a hundred, we had a 100 anyway between us, I'd say. Like, I've about 50 on my laptop. He was 70-something on his. Yeah, we like counted that. them up one day. So there's a lot of songs, you know, and, like, that was always going to take its toll. Like, there was always going to be, like, a, you know, a pullback from that in a way. You can't be writing a fucking song every day. It just, some people can't, but, I like can't anyway. I
4: think it, even though in terms of you say you're not as prolific as you might have been, you might, you, you know, you're outside that writing zone, mm. I still think that the quality... Of what you're writing Nowadays It's it's like Constantly getting better That's good Everything is constantly building Yeah You know It's brilliant
2: That's important Because like When that stops I want you to be able To tell me as well Yeah No I think I,
4: just... I think we're both Comfortable enough With each other now To be able to Yeah Have that conversation If that it sounds, ever was to happen That but. sounds fucking shy <laughs> 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 I am I am nicer words than that Hey
0: You, you know the last thing You've ever told us I'm just deleting this Yeah <laughs> See my <laughs> finger Gone. No. Oh, Get it. You
4: actually didn't press record there. Sorry.
0: <laughs> There's a line in the voice note. I think it's a nice moment of like, it's similar to kind of the stuff we've been saying about like, whether it's like self doubt or second guessing or not being able to take praise or or whatever. A very classic kind of character trait. Like we say, maybe it sounds really fucking dramatic. Yeah. But I don't know.
2: And, and then I, a dog barks in the background. Did you hear that on I the, did not on the hear thing? That, no. Oh, it's, it's actually amazing. <laughs> like, no, like I was with dogs at that, at, when I was recording that. I was walking the man like three minutes in and then on that moment I was like ah, anyway man I love you blah, blah blah and then the dog just barks in the background. and I was like that is perfect like
5: <laughs>
0: and
2: I only heard it back like afterwards you know it just it sounds really good I love that part of it yeah.
0: I love the I just love the the, the moment of like I'm doing this I'm committing to this but like I have the headspace to be like is this really self-indulgent is yeah, this yeah. am I just completely fucking going down a blind alley yeah. How much of that is, I can overcome that, that's fine. Obviously, this has been a very collaborative project, like, beyond the 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 handsome gentleman sitting to your right here. Yeah. Do you need, like, reassurance, or are you just like, fuck it, man, I'm doing it? I mean, like, is there an element of just kind of any kind of communal atmosphere that you have, even in, like in, a WhatsApp group or something, that you're just like...
2: Really, just with him, you know? Like, if him and Adam Garrett like it, then that's all really that matters, because... Like the fusion, the label, like they didn't, they just let me do whatever I want. You know, they were really sound that way. So um, I've nobody in my ear being like, you know, that's not up to standard. Like, I think my standards are high enough now that we've thrown away enough songs that aren't up to my, my standards. So like, it's like, they're already weeded out. The shit is already weeded out. Maybe not in terms of voice notes. That just, that just seemed to work. I know it is a bit long and like, it does great on me a little bit because I'm like, fuck are people going to hate that but there is always that thing of you can just skip it you know like just skip it if you want like listen to it once and then skip it whatever it's all good
5: I I
3: hold trouble like a bridge without a crossing I place flowers like a dad that's lost his daughter I was shopping for a rope strong enough to burden all this hope Long enough to toy up all these dreams Home is not just only what it seems Home is not just only what it seems But once you leave once and then it changes Friends they might not look at you the same way I left home to travel I was 18 You, you never stared at me the same way You were only looking for the way home You got lost and landed in the echoes You were only looking for the way home you got
0: lost and landed in the echoes. You were only looking for the... That's the last track on the album. It's called You Stole My Soul, like a nine to five. <laughs> and I got to say, man, I think you earned the autotune. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I think you get it. I'm pretty sure I heard you do that live. And I was like, is that a auto tune?" Yeah. What? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I like it. I've always I, I think allotment's got this weird bad rap. I, yeah. I think you know, depending on like you know, you're not fucking tea pain. You know, it's yeah. It's it,
2: how you use it, right? Yeah, totally. And yeah. It's,
0: it's it's that one one little moment, and I was like, oh, nice, because this is a heavy fucking song. Yeah. Let's be honest. This yeah. is a, this is a potentially a dark number, but I'm a fiend for this kind of thing. I'm a fiend for the, like the little ray of light, the glimmer of hope, mm. the glint, the crack in the in the cave, fucking whatever the hell, and I'm like. I think you can't get that full feeling unless you really do fucking lean into it. And, you know, even in the first words we're hearing there, it's painting a very dark picture. Mm. Um, I don't know if you planned to, like if you put that kind of escape hatch in and on on purpose, but there is a strange juxtaposition here. I think with this song where like, number one, I get that. And number two, I think it's reflective of the overall album where it's like you're being honest like mm. you're like this isn't necessarily going to have a happy ending Mm-mm. but I want to believe that I deserve a happy ending somewhere down the road mm. and again my own kind of personal experience is like that's kind of what I graft to where it's like I know I'm not going to get the idyllic Hollywood thing but I would like a couple of victories every now and then
2: yeah and you deserve them and we all do
0: but try fucking telling yourself like that.
2: I deserve autotune you know <laughs> same thing you put in the graphs like you're a nice person, but yeah, yeah, you have a hard time, and we we all have a hard time telling ourselves that is dead right? Yeah, I, I feel you.
0: The tune budget though, yeah. So this is where 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 it all went. Is it? Yeah. It's happening.
2: It costs the grand price of zero. <laughs> Did you have if to ram in on the,
0: uh, on the on the front, or were you like put it on every fucking track? No, like, oh. he
2: loves tune. See the he thing
4: is, it. is like we when we were using it, we always had the idea of using it as an instrument, and that's what I would always gravitate to if you're using it as an instrument and not as a crutch
5: yeah
4: that's the best scenario in which to use it and I think that this is a perfect example of that it's an extra it's an extra member of the band almost you know Mm. that's the way I would it's it's
2: a melody going off in the in the background or in the foreground whatever and it's just like a sound rather than to correct my voice yeah exactly like I'm a big fan of a lot of autotune music that's why I used the sound you Mm. know that's why I got familiar with the sound it's like there's an emotion to autotune that people disregard when they say that's just, you know, mumble rap bullshit. Like, you know, there's a lot of young Toger, Lil Wayne songs that have this little emo- extra emotion to them because of the autotune, you know. Some people can use it really well.
4: Yeah, I don't think it takes away at all. I think it, it's a multiplier, it's not a divider.
2: I think it depends on who you are. Yeah. Like, some people aren't going to like it, you know, and they've already said that to me, and that's okay. I'm like, you, you don't, you, I like it
4: you know that's yeah, all that matters. and that's all it
0: that matters yeah 100% credit on the song mentioned a few times already Adam Garrett yeah kind of like the secret weapon the not so secret weapon Off,
2: yeah genius
0: genius yeah it's a big word oh man he is the he good is.
4: I don't know how he does it
2: bro he's the best uh, pianist I've ever seen and like he can play anything he just pick up a guitar or bass and just play something amazing for hip hop I think he's just like fuck man his beats are crazy and they brought out something in me that I didn't even know it was in myself so that's why I say he's a genius and I've just seen what you can do in the studio you know and he's so unassuming and such a nice guy and funny guy as well it's just like um, yeah it's just it's real surprising he's, he's a really young kid as well so
4: incredibly he got a to work huge he's absolutely got a huge future yeah absolutely massive future you hear his own stuff too like and yeah. it's just and he's only
2: finding his feet with that as well absolutely
4: you know? brilliant like it's I have I couldn't say anything bad about him if no. I wanted to no you couldn't you know he's yeah. just he's incredibly talented and he's small incredibly Mickey, kind like, to small, small Mickey that's about it <laughs>
0: disgustingly talented young people or the there, yeah exactly you, yeah. Gotta, you gotta love them you mentioned know uh, it's in the title nine to five like yeah. jobs wise obviously like you mentioned who's asking the remix there you got the line I get paid to walk dogs yeah a lot of people enjoy that one but like I think when I first met you like I mean I, I think you were studying law when I met yeah. you you got your degree yeah you could be in the fucking four courts yeah I was but you, but you could be there now every day.
2: Yeah, I could fuck that.
0: And uh, but doesn't but, but like, it's quite the transition. Yeah, like from that to dog walker to musician. I mean, yeah. like, I guess in terms of you know money, security, stability, mm, status, that's the trade off, all that shit. You know,
2: they're the trade offs, man. You know, they really are. I feel bad for my parents, even though they love they love me. Like it's like your son goes off and gets a master's, <laughs> finishes like first class honors, you know, top of the class. Gets a job in a solicitors and then turns around and goes, I just want to be a dog-walking rapper, you know? <laughs> like, what do you do, you know? They've just been so sound about it. But, like, yeah, some, there is some days, man, where I'm like, fuck, I could use an extra couple of grand right now. And, like, th- there is a trade-off there, definitely. And, uh, you know, it's just something you have to make. Like, I, I was afraid that if I'd ever chased the music thing or what I wanted to do, that I'd always regret it. And and I think when you have deep regrets like that, they come out in bad ways. Like when I was working in the in the law um, office, I was like, sessioning in a fucking shit That's probably where I met you at first. <laughs> and like, not to say you're a big session or anything, but like, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it was coming out in negative ways. Maybe that was the time in my life. I was I was in my twenties and and doing crazy shit. But like, yeah, just like I think that would have not got better over time. That's going to get worse if you don't explore what's in here to to make music like I, music wasn't done with me and I don't think it ever will be like I, I feel like I'm going to bring that along my whole life um, in many different genres hopefully
0: Beyond that though was that world that you'd studied for and prepared for were you just like the, the physical application of it were you like no this isn't I don't want to be
2: No it didn't it wasn't for me man. it just wasn't for me I didn't like I didn't like I don't like that whole system Um, I don't like how the courts are set up like it's very uneven. It's very, like the inequality is crazy. Um, It depends on who you are, the results that you get in there. And it just, uh, it gave me a dirty feeling, to be honest, every time I walked away. Like you can make a lot of money in it, but like... What's the cost? What is the cost? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You said, um, and that's a really nice line, like music wasn't done with me. Mm. It, it, did you think it was? Like, had you hit a point? Yeah,
2: definitely. Because I would started another band after Frustration called Orangutan, which was like a another hardcore band. Go crack with a few friends, and they left the country, and so we just stopped doing the band. And then I didn't do anything for years. Like there was years that went by where I didn't do any music whatsoever, and yeah, it just it just get it got back in. You know, I thought I, th- I thought it was like I thought it might have been it forever. Um, but it wasn't <laughs> just when I thought I was out <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you're at a point where you, like, oh, this album's been written and recorded for a while you're working on new music there are some tracks in here that you think isn't your best work Yeah. still though what does this album give you what does having it out now give you
2: oh, it's going to be an amazing feeling to just you know I don't know just for having it out I don't know and just like a release of like emotions and the emotions you build up over the fucking year we spent working at it, or like the years I've spent having the experiences to write this mm. album, you know, um, it's going to be a crazy release, and I just hope people can find something in it, like what you found, you know, like to, if you can connect with an emotion.
0: Well, have me fucking like cradled over my laptop at like two o'clock on a Sunday, just like yeah, tears yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Much, man. You be this I won't person. be happy
2: <laughs> unless I have the whole collective unconscious devastated for at least five minutes. You know what I mean?
0: Wow. I mean, like it's 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 it's, it's, an, it's wow. an aspiration. You know? Yeah. I think it's a form of super villainy. <laughs> if I'm honest. But, but, but emotion
2: is healing. That's the thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but you got to go through it to get through it. Right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the fucking. But you
2: feel Feel better afterwards, right? Usually, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like you know, it's a it's a proper release,
2: like a nice ugly cry is good. I always, I always feel oh, better Derek. after. Him. I feel great after them. Swear by it, yeah.
0: man. It's they have to happen. Like yeah, they do. It yeah. can be a beautiful thing. It's it's not beautiful to look at. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. But like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, 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 I, it's like you feel the fucking world get lighter or something, yes, yeah, it
2: does get lighter because it's Maybe. all fucking uh, it's a release. It's a physical release of water from your body. Cause you're so sad. Like think about that. It's so funny when you think about it. Like
4: yeah. I feel like afterwards you stand up straighter.
2: Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. it's
4: like you, you just immediately are. Yeah, you just much more. You take, capable just, of taking on the world.
2: You like. take this big deep breath. You're like, okay, okay, I'm yeah. good. Let's go.
0: And for you as well, like getting this out there from from being in the studio every Wednesday and being here, like listening to mixes all the time. Like, this isn't your first rodeo in terms of a a release being out into the world, but I feel like this one's clearly quite personal.
4: Very much so. Um, I think, like, I've put a big part of myself into my side of it, Mm. you know. Um, You know, I love every song on it. I love the interludes. I love how everything flows into each other. I love being able to listen to it now. I can't wait to see what people feel like when they listen to it like my my pals from home like who just kind of don't have any involvement in any kind of music industry they know how much this means to me for this coming out you know like I can only imagine how how Nelly's feeling getting this out into the world because I'm incredibly proud of this body of work on his behalf so I can't wait I can't wait for to see him reap the benefits of this
2: no pressure that's lovely isn't it no pressure i me a bit man. emotional man <laughs> I like you
0: no, ugly cry time <laughs> yeah, we can all do it together <laughs> alright we're all off to ball Let's <laughs> do it. Adam, Nilo thank you both so much
2: thank you so much Adam.
0: that was Nilo and Sonic Architect Adam in conversation on No Encore discussing All the Leaves Are Falling which is out right now If you head over to Nilo's Bandcamp page, you can snap up the record on beautiful, beautiful vinyl. Limited to just 300 copies, and a good chunk of those are gone, I believe. It may even be sold out by the time this episode arrives, but head on over and have a mooch anyway. Thanks again to Nilo for taking the time, and to you, dear listener, for lending us your ears today. As noted at the top of the show, no encore lands every Friday, with a mix of music news, reviews, interviews, and our signature top five lists. Please subscribe to the show on whatever app or platform you get your podcasts on. Tell a friend about us and consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash noencore. In a hellscape of a year, I'm glad that we've held firm and that music has been a constant. It's probably the greatest passion in my life, and it's a pleasure and a privilege to host a show like this about it week on week. Getting to do deep dive episodes such as this one is awesome, and I hope and intend to do more of these in the coming months. We'll see how we go. Thank you also to Sonic Architect Adam, not just for hosting this episode of Blackgate, but for his unerring work, his personal touches, and his valued friendship all year. The boy is an absolute saint. My name is Dave Hanratty. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Go listen to Nilo, and all the leaves are falling. We're back real soon. This podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast
4: Network.
1: At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.